Welcome to a special Invest Talk bonus program, the Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour. Typically, each day, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein receive more new voice bank questions than they can fit into a live show format. So, in this bonus program, caller questions will be served up and answered with brief but helpful responses from Steve or Justin. Please tell your friends about Invest Talk and remember that the Anytime listener lines never close. 888-99 chart. Hello and thank you for downloading this Invest Talk podcast. I'm Justin Klein and we've been tracking our podcast download numbers. They have increased month over month very rapidly. And this is very good. We're excited about it. But as you can imagine, more listeners results in more live show callers and also a great number of voice bank questions. So we are dedicating this show to your pre-recorded caller questions, the calls that came in earlier on 888 chart And I'll provide as many answers as possible in this bonus podcast. Let's get started. Hi, Steve and Justin. Uh, this is Ben out in Connecticut. I'm calling about... Synchrony Financial, ticker symbol S-Y-F. I got it at about $20.50, and it went down a little bit. Uh, and that's to be expected with the interest rates uh, going lower. And what originally attracted me to it was the single-digit P-E ratio. So uh, I figured it would be a value play. So I'm just wondering, how long do you think it might take to get back up to around 38, what it was before March. Thanks a lot, and I really appreciate the radio show and a uh, big fan. Thank you. All right, he's looking at Synchrony Financial. S-Y-F is the symbol. This is a credit card issuer, and most of their customers have credit cards with big retailers, right? Amazons, Walmarts, Lowe's. Uh, I think one of their biggest is Gap. And that's the big issue here. And JCPenney, I believe, as well. And they just went bankrupt. So that's going to hurt them. And then credit risk, right? With 21 million or so still on the unemployment benefits, means there's a lot of people out of work. And they're going to eventually need to pay their credit cards. And so the credit risk here is pretty dramatic. And if you're looking at its earnings and the P ratio, and you're seeing six. Well, you're looking backwards, right? Because even if you look now based on 2020 earnings projections of $1.08, the P ratio would be over 20. So I don't like this company. I, I think their balance sheet is relatively good compared to other credit card issuers, but I don't like this space. Uh, it's very risky lending and earnings are very volatile. So I would sell, I would get out, and this is a name that you want to buy as we come out of a recession, not as we are entering recession or in the midst of recession and things are not improving fast enough. So I would not be in synchrony financial. This is a special invest talk podcast bonus show. We call it the rapid fire hour. Here comes another question this time from a listener in Montana. Hello, Stephen, Justin, this is Eddie out of Montana. Got a question for you on the stock NAK. This is a company currently doing a permit for a mine up in Alaska. And I got in a pretty big, big position uh, early on. I've already surpassed uh, a full return, something like 120% currently. 
My question for you guys is, uh, when should I sell out, period? The mine is supposed to be permitted in full approval in June, and then it would go to bidding for an actual mining company to get the gold out of the earth. My question is, it's looking like it's pretty positive that's going to go through. Do I just sit on it and hold until the bidding war starts? And then if that happens and there is a bid on it, the stock just then close out and whatever the sale price is for the permit is what they pay out to the shareholders or how does that work? Thank you very much and I will enjoy listening for the answer. Well, I'm not sure about the specifics of their development, but they are a exploration company and they're looking for uh, gold, copper and silver and other minerals up in Alaska. And the way I would handle this is I would, you said you've doubled your money. Well, I would take your original investment off the table and have a stop, probably the 20 day moving average. And I would just write it. Uh, it's hard to know where this is going to go. Uh, these are, it's a speculative commodity name. I like the commodities. I like gold and silver uh, in this uh, environment. So I like this name. I, you know, it's very low price, uh, but it's still a, what, $600 million market cap. So it's still, you know, a pretty decent sized company, but they don't have really any revenue. It's all about the expiration. Uh, I'm not sure how it would work with the rights or anything like that, but how I would handle it, like I said, take your original investment off the table, have a stop, probably a 20 day moving average and write it. And this thing could go much higher if the market sees the value of their findings much more than obviously the 560, $600 million market cap. Well, let's go straight back to our Invest Talk Voice Bank. This question came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen Justin. My name is John. I'm calling from Kalamazoo, Michigan. I have a question about a stock that I'm looking to buy. The name of the company is Bill.com, B-I-L-L. And I really just wanted some insight because, I mean, from what I see, the company's fairly new. I didn't find any debt, and it looks like it's a pretty solid company. So just wondering uh, your thoughts on it. Thank you, and look forward to listening to you on the show. We're looking at Bill.com, and this would be a cloud play. Right? They provide cloud-based software that simplifies and automates back office financial operations for what industry? SMBs. Uh, so your valuation is pretty high, $5.2 billion market cap. And you're right, they, they don't really have any debt. That's certainly a positive. But the trading enterprise value to revenue of 41, that is very expensive. EBITDA still remains negative. So you're buying into a growth name here. Uh, and they went recent IPO. Typically IPOs tend to be overpriced and it's even higher from its IPO. Technically it's now making a lower high. MACD looks relatively weak, but it's also in an uptrend. So kind of near term, it looks, uh, technicals look fairly poor, but since it's IPO, you could say that's long-term six months. Uh, it's been an uptrend and you, you know, higher highs and I guess higher low. So, you know, I don't like the valuation. Uh, I, I like the space, but I would pass on it because I think 
the cloud names are going to start to come back in as money rushes out and people start focusing on the valuations, which many of them are very overvalued. So I think it's a good watch list name, but I definitely wouldn't buy it right now. This is a special Invest Talk podcast bonus show. We get calls from all over America. Here's a question that came in from Lake Tahoe. Hey, Stephen Justin, this is Derek in Lake Tahoe, California. Just wanted to get your guys' take on Vail Resorts, MTN, Mary Tom Nora. Seems like they're a big company that's always expanding. Every time I look, it looks like they're buying out a new ski resort. So just wanted to see if that's something you guys would be interested in. Kind of give me a breakdown of their balance sheet and what's a good price range that you guys would be in on that if it's something you'd recommend. Anyway, thanks a lot. Uh, appreciate your guys' show. You guys are awesome. All right, looking at MTN, this is Vale Resorts. And this is a name that's been in a downturn actually for a while. It peaked in 2018, around $300 a share. Now we're at 174 And it's been, like I said, been in a downtrend. And this is an economic backdrop that is is going to be challenging for them, right? I, I, I snowboard. And I when I go snowboard now... You know, I can afford it, but I just see the prices that these resorts are charging and they are astronomical. It's so expensive to go skiing or snowboarding these days. So I, I think a lot of these resorts have priced them out of, of the market and in a tough economic environment, a lot less people are going to go skiing. So there needs to, their, their, their margins are going to be pressured. Uh, now, the good thing about Vail Resorts is they don't have a ton of debt even after buying out all these different resorts. So I like it. I like that it's on your watch list. And to be honest, it's on my watch list as well because long-term, their profitability is very, very strong. So uh, I'm definitely a, a fan of, of this long-term. But I could easily see this returning back to the 125 level. That's an area that I would like it at. I don't love it at that level, but I like it. I would love it around the $88, $90 level. That's where I would buy it hand over fist, around the 200-day monthly moving average. And I think if you have an economic backdrop the way we have now, uh, that's likely to uh, continue to deteriorate. So have it on your watch list. 125 is a good entry. $90 is a great entry. Next up, a caller from Los Angeles asking about a market rally. Hi, guys. Thanks for the show. This is Dave in L.A. I am uh, an apparently unsuccessful market timer who has missed out on the current rally. And I have expected, in agreement with you, that the market at some point is going to turn over and realize that the economy has been decimated and we are going to retest the lows or at least have another precipitous drop to correct. It really doesn't look like that's happening at this point. So I'm wondering, do you see the current rally as a bubble that will burst at some point in the next few months? Or is this a new paradigm in which stocks only go up? Thanks for your thoughts. Bye-bye. Well, obviously, this is recorded before today. I'm actually recording this uh, June 11th, and the market was down about 7% today. And so the answer simply is, is yeah, you, you know, I, I didn't believe in the rally. I saw the economic backdrop and I think this rally will ultimately fail. Now, one day isn't a failure, but generally the market will move with the overall economy. And I think the economy or economic backdrop remains relatively weak and will be weak for some time. Uh, simply because there's been a lot of, of damage. Uh, business is closing permanently, and it's going to take some time for that to repair. 
I'm Justin Klein, and thank you for listening to Invest Talk. You are listening to a special Invest Talk bonus program, the Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour. Caller questions are being answered with brief but unbiased and helpful responses from Steve or Justin. Hello, this is Mike from Chicago. I'm interested in your take on a REIT, which is the ticker O. It's known as as the monthly dividend-paying fund, and I really, really like it. I've been invested for some time, but I wonder what your thoughts are at the current price of around $49.50 a share. Would love some feedback. Thanks so much. Really appreciate the program. This is Realty Income, symbol is O. This is a REIT that acquires retail properties all across the United States, 49 states in fact, 19, but I'll call it $20 billion market cap. They have about $7.5 billion in debt, which is a decent amount, and it's now in a downtrend, and I just don't like it because of the retail backdrop. I think their business is going to suffer. Uh, retail is retail apocalypse. Right, People uh, have changed their habits, and I think a lot of that will stick. Some will go back to shopping. Uh, certainly, there will be more restaurants reopening, uh, but there will also be very, a lot of restaurants that never reopen. So I would pass on, oh, I just don't like the economic backdrop and their debt levels, so I would pass on it. Let's go straight back to our Invest Talk Voice Bank. This question came in earlier from a listener in Dallas on 888-99-CHART. Hey, good morning, guys. My name is Oscar out of Dallas, Texas. I have a quick question on stocks for Foot Locker. What do you guys think? Should I buy that now or is it a no-go? Thank you so much, guys. Bye-bye. All right, Foot Locker is a deep value play in, in my book. $3 billion market cap, very minimal debt, net debt on its balance sheet, which I like. Obviously, the shutdown of the economy has impacted their business dramatically. Revenues were down last quarter 43%, and about half of that quarter was during this shutdown. Yields about 5.5% dividend yield, and you know I, I like it as a deep value play, to be honest with you. Technically, it's still not fantastic, but it tests its 200-day moving average, had a pretty decent sell-off recently. But long-term, I think that their business is still fairly solid. And once again, no debt. So uh, I, I like Foot Locker, but you're going to need to be patient. And Valley is going to have to start outperforming growth. And if it does, I think Foot Locker will do well. Please tell your friends about Invest Talk and this special Invest Talk podcast bonus show. And now here comes another listener question from Idaho. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Matthew from Boise, Idaho. So I have a question on the stock TPL, Texas Pacific Land Trust. One thing that I like about the company is it has little to no debt and it has a nice dividend yield. But worries me um, is, you know, it's a little pricey. I think at this time it's like 500 something dollars and I don't have a ton to invest. So I could probably only buy one share of the company and maybe add to it, you know, in the future. Um, but what also worries me is, I believe that 20% of its revenue comes from oil and gas royalties, and I'm not sure if oil and gas prices will return to normalcy or if we'll see another fall in oil and gas prices. So I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on it and when it will be a good buy or if I should just stay away from the stock for right now. 
Thank you, guys. I appreciate the show. Bye. All right, this is Texas Pacific Land Trust, and they're engaged in the sales and leasing of land-owned retaining oil and gas royalties and overall management of land that it owns. And it owns about 900,000 acres of land located in various countries, but mainly in Texas. And it earns royalty revenue, grazing leases, easement. It, it earns money in a lot of different ways. So fairly diversified in that way, but certainly focused on the oil and gas space. 1.5% yield. Let me take a This is very interesting just because of the way they're structured. One thing that makes these complicated is how long are these land leases? Are they 100-year land leases? When do they expire? So uh, a lot of times they're extracting value, uh, but that value is cut off immediately uh, once the, the, the lease ends. So these are very, very complex. Revenues down 50% last quarter, earnings down 59% last quarter. I don't like it just because of the oil space. I think oil is going to struggle and shale is going to kind of have fits and starts with oil down this low. So I would certainly pass on it. And on top of that, you, you said, that, well, it's expensive, $539. Remember, don't look at the share price of how expensive it is because it's a market cap of $5.5 which you know, compared to Apple, Apple's trading at less dollar a share, $335 a share, but obviously it's valued way higher, 1.5 trillion-ish uh, or so. So remember, don't look at the dollar value to think that's what the, that it's expensive or it's cheap, okay? So I would pass on it. I'm Justin Klein. I thank you for downloading this Invest Talk podcast bonus show. In this hour, I am focusing solely on caller questions, which we are retrieving from our voice bank. Our anytime listener line never closes. So when you have a finance or investing question, call 888-99-CHART. Now let's go to Wisconsin for this question. Hey, Stephen, Justin. This is Tim from Madison, Wisconsin. Thanks for everything you do. Absolutely love the show. I had a question about Intel, I-N-T-C. Looking to purchase it right now, and I was wondering what you guys thought about that. Thanks. I like Intel. They're getting a burr, a boost, a burst, a boost from this pandemic because a lot of people are working from home and I think it's a shift. That's a positive shift for their business. Why? Because I know this, so we moved offices a year or so ago and we moved from all desktops to laptops. So we had to buy new hardware and that allowed us to work in a more flexible manner, which is luckily we did that because now with, with uh, the pandemic, we're able to kind of work from wherever. But, uh, and I know one of my family members actually sells computers for Dell and they're doing very, very well. And because people are transitioning to this work at home life and they're needing to be buying new systems for that. So I like Intel, I like their technology uh, and their valuation is relatively cheap. It's not super undervalued, but uh, it's relatively cheap. If I'm looking for an entry point, uh, I'm thinking around $55 a share. Now it's at $59.70. Now let's go straight back to our Invest Talk Voice Bank. This question came in earlier on 8899 chart, and our listener is from Philadelphia. Hey, Stephen Justin, Mark in Philadelphia. I'm interested in purchasing Locking Coffee, ticker LK. Yes, I know it's extremely risky. Yes, I know it very well may be 
delisted. Uh, I'm just willing to take a gamble. Uh, I was just wondering, if it is delisted, would I lose all my money or would it just be liquidated and then, I, you know, I get, a, I get the money back based on the percentage uh, of the liquidation price. For example, say I purchased it for a dollar and then it went down 80% and then, or sorry, 80 cents and was delisted. Uh, would I still have four-fifths of my investment? Again, yeah, I know it's risky and I'm sure Steve's not going to like this uh, idea, but I just thought maybe it's, uh, it's worth it. You know, big risk but potentially a big reward. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Bye. Well, he's right. It certainly is big risk. This is a company that has come out saying that there's fraud within the uh, reporting. Uh, the fraud probe continues. And it's a Chinese company. And it's the perfect example of why it's very risky to invest in, in any Chinese company because very high likelihood that some or most, just depending on the company, of their revenues are fraudulent. And for Luckin, it was somewhere around 70, 80% came out. Now, if they get delisted, that just means that they're not listed on US exchanges. They would be listed on pink sheets, uh, which becomes very illiquid. Uh, a lot of investors are going to dump their shares. Volume will drop. Uh, so there's, you're not going to lose all your money. You still have whatever legal ownership you have in, in the business. But it's likely to go down and a lot harder to, to trade and there might be cost of trading in it as, as well. So if you want to take that risk, it sounds like you understand that risk and hey, that's good enough for me. As long as you understand the risk, I guess go for it. This is Invest Talk. Our rapid fire hour continues with a question from Seattle. Hi, Stephen Justin. My name is Shaw, 24 years old from Seattle, Washington. I had a quick question about the stock uh, Discover Financial Services, EFS. Um, it looks to be a little undervalued right now. I had a quick question, which I'm not sure if you'd be able to help me out with or not, but I was looking at uh, delinquency rates for credit card payments. I'm not very familiar with how credit cards, uh, the loans taken out, are uh, have collateral to them and what a good uh, delinquency rate would be in uh, one to avoid. I love the show. Thank you so much for everything you guys do. And I hope you guys are staying healthy. Thank you. Bye. Well, with credit card companies, there is no collateral. This is unsecured debt. And it's really all about how much they can collect and how much risk they're taking in their lending business. Now, Discover tends to lend to riskier lenders than average, right? Because they're they're not your... They're, they're not your American Express, even though American Express has started to lend to riskier creditors as well, or credits as well. Discover's always been on the riskier end of the credit spectrum. And that is why earnings are expected to drop from $9.08 last year to $1.84 this year. So I'm not a fan of any of these credit card companies uh, in this economic backdrop. I think if you look at their charge-off rates, they are not high enough yet compared to history and unemployment rates. So to me, there's more profit erosion to come. And the charts clearly look bad. And Discover is one of the riskier credit card companies out there in the marketplace. So I would definitely pass on Discover Financial Services. This is a special Invest Talk podcast bonus show. We call it the Rapid Fire Hour. As you can tell, I am moving at a faster pace. My objective is to provide solid answers and unbiased guidance and get as many listener questions in as possible. 
So let's keep going, this time to a question from Ohio. Hello, this is Caleb calling from Akron, Ohio. And my question is about triple leveraged ETF funds, PQQQ. I'm wondering if this is something that you can hold long term or if it's something that you shouldn't hold longer than a couple of days or a week. Uh, my understanding is that however the NASDAQ performs, the stock will perform three times better or worse. So if the NASDAQ ends the year up 5%, then the stock would end up 15%. Are these really that simple, or is there more to them? Thanks for your help. I look forward to hearing your answer on the podcast. Bye-bye. There's a lot more to them, and basically it comes down to tracking error. And I don't want to get into the specifics. You can look it up, and there's you know mathematical details around this. But any of the leverage funds, whether it's double leverage or triple leverage, they have this tracking error issue. And therefore, you're not going to get dollar for dollar the same return or triple the return or double the return, depending on how leveraged it is, to the overall index because of that volatility and that tracking error. So any leveraged fund is designed for trading only. You don't buy and hold these instruments. You use them as trading vehicles only. So don't get duped into it. And if you look over long periods of time, you'll see that owning the non-levered index is going to do much, much better. Now, short periods of time, absolutely. These can do very, very well and far, far better than the overall indexes. But the risk is high and they aren't for being held. They're only for trading. Please tell your friends about Invest Talk in this special Invest Talk podcast bonus show. And now here comes another question from Tennessee. Hi, this is Kyle from Tennessee. I'm brand new to the stock market, and I've gotten my start just investing a little bit of money into Robinhood. I've heard you guys say that Robinhood isn't a good idea to use, and I was just wondering why that is and why it would be better to go with a company like Charles Schwab. Thanks. The main issue to me, uh, there's two. Well, back in during the, the sell-off in February, March, there were days where their trading platform was down. You couldn't buy, sell. You know, there's a lot of issues with their platform because they're they're new. They're they're young. They 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 haven't been able to handle this level of uh, of, of volume, trading volume, right? And so I, I just don't have trust in that that their platform is going to be reliable for me to continue to trade. Not only that, but their research is going to is very poor compared to the Schwab's, TD's, Fidelity's of the world. There's a lot more resources there. Now, before it used to be, well, I don't have a lot of money. I don't want to pay commissions. And I completely understand that. But in today's world, Schwab, TD, Fidelity, E-Trade, all of these larger brokers that are more seasoned, have better platforms, better research, are also free. Their trading costs are free as well. Now, I know Robinhood is a nice, clean, easy-to-use app on your phone. Great. But... That is way down my list of priorities when it comes to picking a broker. So that's why I would recommend one of the bigger players for us and our clients. We use TD Ameritrade. They just got bought by Charles Schwab, which should close by the end of the year. So uh, you know the, that's the, what we like, but it's really up to you. I would just go with a more seasoned broker, especially now that commissions are also free there. I'm Justin Klein, and I thank you for listening to this special Invest Talk bonus podcast. Please tell your friends about our program and our website, investtalk.com. Remember our philosophy at KPP Financial independent thinking, shared success. You can learn about our unbiased guidance and the variety of investing programs at investtalk.com. 
And next, Steve Peasley takes his turn at bat. Numbers are elusive. But if it goes to zero, do you lose all your money? They're always changing. Their debt-to-equity ratio is fairly low. Invest Talk listeners know it's all about the numbers. I'm 82. I'm interested in knowing what the recommended withdrawal rate would be. So the questions keep coming. Hi, Steve and Justin. I'm question regarding real estate. Everything counts. I was wondering if you could shed a little bit more light on ExxonMobil. Jason, El Segundo, how you doing? Let's go to Robert in San Leandro. He wants an ETF follow-up. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, thank you for your continued support. I really appreciate your insight and your understanding of the market and financial business. Since it all started, the total number of InvestTalk downloads has now exceeded 22 million. Hi, Steve and Justin. I've been listening to you guys for two years, and I absolutely love your show. InvestTalk.com You are listening to a special InvestTalk bonus program, the InvestTalk Rapid Fire Hour. Caller questions are being answered with brief but unbiased and helpful responses from Steve or Justin. Hello, and thank you for downloading this InvestTalk podcast. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm picking up where Justin Klein left off. We've been tracking our podcast download numbers. They have increased month over month. And this is very good, but as you can imagine, more listeners result in more live show callers and also a greater number of voice bank questions. So we're dedicating this show to your pre-recorded caller questions, the calls that came in early on 888-99-CHART, and I will provide as many answers as possible in this bonus podcast. So let's get started. Hi, this question is for Justin or Steve. This is Don calling from New Holland. I'm interested in an ETF, LIT, I want to look at a position to that's something that's going to develop battery technology and uh, the recent patent by John Goodenough on sodium glass battery technology. Give me your opinion. I'll be listening on the show. Thanks very much. Uh, appreciate what you do. Bye. Okay, this is a Global X Li or lithium battery technology ETF exchange traded fund seeking performance corresponding to the Selective Global Lithium Index. And if you're going to invest in this technology and you want to be focused, this is probably a good way to do it rather than picking the individual companies, simply because, you know, some of those companies are not going to make it. Some of them are very small. So this would probably be a good ETF to get into that particular sector. This is a special Investor Podcast bonus show. We call it the Rapid Fire Hour. Here comes another question, this time from a listener in North Carolina. Hi, guys. Lee from North Carolina. I was calling about InMode, I-N-M-D. It's a small-cap medical supply company. Looks pretty good. I'm interested in buying it. Uh, the valuation looks fairly reasonable, especially considering the growth prospects. Just want to get your opinion to see if there's something I'm missing. Looking forward to hearing your answer. Thank you. Well, this is a very small company, $977 million. Okay, not very small. I mean, they, oh, they could be smaller. Imbo, LTD, I-N-M-D, an Israel seller of radio frequency devices used in minimally and non-invasive cosmetic procedures, women's health. 
They're going to make a. They're going to make seventy-one cents this year. Last year it was a dollar seventy-two. Next year they're going to recover to a dollar fifty-eight. It's a twenty-nine dollar stock. Return equity is very good at fifty-six percent, and they have very high sales growth. Thirty percent last quarter, sixty percent the quarter before that, fifty-seven before that. So that that's good. It's a it's it's fairly speculative, but it's not that speculative. So. You know, as long as you realize you're taking risks because it's a fairly new company. It came out IPO uh, September 19th. So, so that, that that makes it September 19th of last year. That makes it a little bit more risky, but it is past the six-month period. So just make sure you understand this is a high-risk company. Let's go straight back to our InvestTalk voice bank. This question came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hey, what do you think about investing for a long term for uh, this stock, ZNGA? Thank you so much. Okay, Z as in zebra, N as in Nancy, GA, develops, uh, developer of social games accessible to players worldwide via social networks and mobile platforms. Zynga, Zynga. Huge growth prospects. I mean, it's been sales growth and sales, the growth in sales have been spectacular. 50, 60% in the last two, three quarters and averaging about 45, 50% for a year. They're going to make 31 cents this year, make 36 cents next year. It's a $9 stock. So you're talking about 30 to 40 PE. So it's not cheap, but you have to pay for that growth. You have to pay up for that growth. Just know that it's, it's, a, it's an expensive stock it's growing very fast, and you know you're near a 52-week highs. It's it's a risky play, but I think it's a pretty sound company. Next up, a caller from New York. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Joe. I'm from New York. GDX and GDXJ, the uh, gold miners. I own some shares in both of them. Do you thinking it's time to get out of that? I do have some profits in there. Thank you. I'll be waiting for your answer on the show. Bye. Okay, well, GDX is an ETF, Vector, uh, Vanek Vector Gold Miners Index, so it tracks gold miners, the gold miners index. And we own a number of those in our managed accounts, a number of the miner companies, and we're not selling them. I think the dollar is probably going to get weaker, and that is be- that's good for gold. I, I think you... Even though it's gone down from its high of 37 back in the middle of May, it's now 32.64 today. I wouldn't sell it. I'd hold on to it. I think it's got I got another leg up to go. This is a special Invest Talk podcast bonus show. Everybody, we call that we call it the Rapid Fire Hour. As you can tell, I'm moving as fast at a pretty darn fast pace. My objective is to provide solid answers and unbiased guidance, and get to as many listener questions as possible. So let's keep going. Hi, Steve. Calling in from Southern California. I love your show. Hey, I have a question about a company, Kinder Morgan. I'd like to purchase the stock. Trying to see if it's a good time to purchase right now, and if you could uh, take a look at the charts and uh, recommend a possible price. All right, thank you very much. Okay, Kinder Morgan Company uh, provides natural gas transportation and storage services in North America. It's going to make $0.72 cents this year, $0.90 cents next year. Uh, this year, for all companies, are going to have a, a fall because we shut down the economy. So this, that's it's normal. So based on next year's ninety cents a share, it's a fifteen dollar and fifty cents stock. 
It's not growing its sales, it's shrinking. That's to be expected because the economy is shrinking. Now, I would say a good buy point, a good entry point, would pro- it's at 1560, would probably be about the $13 level. Uh, between 13 and $14 is like the best place to enter. And I, I'd be patient and wait for it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't jump in now. Let's go straight back to our Invest Talk Voice Bank. This question came in earlier from a listener in Colorado. Hey, good afternoon, Steve and Justin. This is Andy Collin from Denver, Colorado. Today, my question is about TAP, ticker symbol TAP, Molson Coors. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. I know they just cut their dividend the last couple of days, and it's trading right around 38 bucks a share. I've owned it for a couple of years now. I'm just wondering if I should just cut my losses and get out or if it's something that's that's worth holding on to. I would uh, love to hear your inputs, and thanks for the show. I love it. Bye. Molson Coors, T-A-P is a symbol. Manufactures beers primarily sold under the Coors Light, Carling, Keystone, Filsner, and Molson brands. They're going to make $3.12 this year, $3.52 next year. They were making 4 and $5 a share the last three years before that, right? before, you know, 2019, 18, and 17. So it has come down. It's, uh, uh, the, it's a, the thing you would buy this for is a dividend, a 6% dividend. You wouldn't buy for growth because it's not growing. Pretty much stagnant. Uh, the P.E. rate, $3.52 and the stock price of $38 tells you, you know, it's about a 9 P.E. or so. Not expensive, but a return on equity of 7%, good cash flow. Uh, I'd probably look for a place to get out myself. It's just not, it's not going to go very much. I, I just, I, I'd be getting out. Please tell your friends about Invest Talk and this special Invest Talk podcast bonus show. And now here comes another listener question. Hey guys, this is Damien. Got a quick question for you. I'm looking at Reinsurance Group, RGA. This has been on my watch list since the pandemic started. And I'm basically looking at this as a long term value play. Its valuation looks really, really good right now, really juicy. But uh, I want to get your take on it. And thanks for the show. RGA, Reinsurance Group of America, offers traditional individual life, asset-intensive, critical illness, and financial insurance worldwide. It's a $5.9 billion company. What's for insurance company is mid-cap. It's not large, but it's mid-size. They make pretty good money. Okay, uh, they made $13.36 in 2019 per share. This year, only $7.00. But next year, they're going to recover to $12.85, and it's an $87 stock. Pays a 3.2% dividend, and that makes it a pretty good value play. I, I, I don't like that return equity is only 9%, but the cash flow is, is, is still very, very, very good at $13.52. They don't have much debt, uh, and they do have growth. The most recent quarter, of course, they didn't grow, but before that, they were growing 8 to 10%. So I kind of like it. I kind of like it as a long-term play and for that dividend of 3.2%. It's a good value stock. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for downloading this Investor Podcast bonus show. We've got a good rhythm going. Here comes another caller question. Yeah, how you doing, Stephen Justin? I had a question about PSA, public storage. I uh, was looking to buy it. Kind of thought it was a good time with the turmoil in the economy a lot of people might be moving around and it might be a 
a good opportunity here. Uh, appreciate your call, and thank you. I've always liked PSA. Public storage, right? Public storage. It's a REIT. Real Estate Investor Trust. I kind of always liked it. It acquires, owns, operates 2,483 self-storage facilities in 38 U.S. states and 234 in Europe. $9.51 is the estimate, down from ten seventy four for this year. And the estimate stays about the same for next year. It pays a 4.1% dividend, and it's $11 cash flow. Tells you the dividend's pretty secure. It's not cheap. And $196 stock. Okay, so you're talking about, what, 20 PE? But it's extremely stable. That's the best thing about it. Growth rate is between 3 and 4% a year. It's been that way for years. It's very stable. You're going to get your 4.1%, and this probably is a good time to buy it. About 190 anything below 190 I think you might get it cheaper if it gets down to 175, 180, I'd be a definite buyer of this stock. PSA. You are listening to a special Invest Talk bonus program, the Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour. Typically, in a 24 hour period, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein receive more new voice bank questions than they can fit into a live show format. So, in this bonus program, caller questions are being answered with brief but unbiased and helpful responses from Steve or Justin. Let's keep moving. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Jacob from Dallas. I'm in the fund VNQ. It's a REIT. I got in around the $90 price point. Uh, obviously, took a pretty big hit with the coronavirus situation. It's hovering around 78 now. I was wondering if maybe I should trim back a little bit or if I should hold here and hope it gets back to the 90 or so price point. Also, if you guys have any other suggestions on how to get broad exposure to the real estate market, that would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. Well, I'll answer the second question first. You use REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust. There's many different kinds. You have to decide what kind of REIT you want, and you can just look them up using the Internet. It's pretty easy. Just type in REITs. Uh, I would take profits. You know, you don't want to get greedy. There's two kinds of people, right? There's greedy people. There's what my old mentor used to say: "There's bears, bulls, and pigs, and pigs get slaughtered." So, take some profits. Don't worry about anything else but putting some money in your pocket. Please tell your friends about Invest Talk and this special Invest Talk podcast bonus show. And now here comes another listener question. Hey, this is Chase. I'm looking at Microsoft right now, and I was wondering what your thoughts were on a buy call option. Thank you for everything that you all do. Hope you have a good one. I like Microsoft. I like it as a long-term core holding. It has gotten uh, pretty pricey at $194 a share and only going to make $6.21 next year. But this year, the, uh, the uh, earnings go up, they're going up 20%, then next year, 9%. But sales growth has been 14, 15% for like a year. That's why it's gone up so well. It has very little debt, but it is expensive. I would probably wait for a pullback before I do any kind of trading, any kind of option trading. Uh, if I was to do an option, I bet that they would pull back, not continue to go up. This is a special Investop podcast bonus show. We call it the rapid fire, uh, rapid fire Hour. Here comes another question, this time from a listener in Colorado. Hey, Steve and Justin. My name is Patrick. I'm calling from Denver, Colorado. 
I am 27 years old and um, have been looking at the company Kroger, ticker symbol KR. Just wanted to know what your thoughts are in terms of long-term buy and hold strategy. If you guys are thinking it's a little bit too expensive or if I should kind of wait and see how things turn out in the next month or so, if things get worse or better. Uh, look forward to your answer on the podcast and uh, thanks for what you guys do. We like Kroger. KR is a symbol. Kroger Company operates 2,757 supermarkets, convenience stores, and jewelry stores under Kroger, Ralph's, and other names. We own this in a couple of our managed accounts. They're going to make $2.69 this year, $2.53 next year. Last year, they only made $2.19. Earnings have been very steadily rising. Sales are rising 1% to 2%. Nothing, nothing great. It's a $25 billion company. Huge. And the price is not out of line. It's a $32 stock going to make $2.53. So you're talking about 13, 14 PE. The range is 10 to 21. Turn equity is high at 22%. I like it. Very stable. And I, I think it's a good company to have in your portfolio. So let's go straight back to our Talk voice bank. This question came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for answering my question. I want to know about Ford. I truly believe the four is a great business. It will come back slowly but steady. But I want to hear your opinions. Again, thank you so much. It's from uh, Asian from New Jersey. Bye-bye. I never liked auto companies. There's two things I don't like very much. Airplane companies, airlines, and automakers. Ford, of course, is one of the biggest automakers at $25 billion. They're a very solid company. They run very well. Why don't I like them? Well, usually they carry a lot of debt, and Ford does carry a lot of debt. That's very common. And they pay a very a, a nice dividend. Why are you paying a dividend when you have so much debt? Shouldn't you pay off the debt first? Ford, uh, auto companies don't do that. So I, I just don't care for them. They're going to lose a dollar thirty-seven this year because of the COVID virus and people not buying cars. But recently, car sales have been pretty picking up pretty fast. They're scheduled to make $0.40 cents a share next year. It's a $6.33 stock. So you can see that it's not expensive, but car companies' P.E. ratios are always low. The range is 5 to 18. So I'm not keen on any of the auto industry companies, just not. This is a special Invest Talk podcast bonus show. We call it the Rapid Fire Hour. As you can tell, I'm moving at fast, a pretty fast pace. My objective is to provide solid answers and unbiased guidance and get to as many listener questions as possible. So let's keep going. Hi, Stephen Justin. Thank you so much for doing this show. I've really been learning a lot since I am a new investor. And I am calling about GDX and gold in general. I've been buying the dips on GDX. Um, it's down from where I originally bought it. But I've just been buying it as it continues to go down. I'm wondering if that's something I should keep doing, if you see it going back up, or if I should just let it sit. Thanks. I do see it going back up. GDX is the uh, Vanek Vector Gold Miners exchange-traded fund, ETF, uh, seeking performance corresponding to the New York Stock Exchange Archer Gold Miners Index, so it tracks miners. Uh, it was high as $37 a share in May, and now it's at 32.85. so hasn't gone down much. But you don't keep adding to one position. You should have, your position should be no more than 3 to 5% of your portfolio. Once it's to that level, you stop buying it. Don't load up on any one anything. 
It's too dangerous. Now, having said that, I think gold's going to go up. I think all this government spending and the Federal Reserve printing of money and the new trillion-dollar uh, infrastructure package that President Trump is trying to put together, I, I think that's going to eventually end up cause, causing inflation and the dollar to weaken, and that's when gold will go up again. So it depends on your time horizon. Next up, a caller from Stockton, California. Hi, Stephen, Justin. This is Justin from Stockton, California. And I just had a question about BAC, Bank of America. I just noticed in general, all the financials seem to be coming up over the you know, last week or two. And they're doing really well. And Bank of America was doing really well. And then it's kind of rubbing up right against uh, the 200-day moving average. And so obviously got that resistance. So I was just wondering what you thought of it as a long-term hold or if you thought I should wait for a pullback before buying into it. Look forward to hearing your answer on the show. Thanks for all you guys do. Bye. I don't think you're going to get much more of a pullback because we've already had a pretty high, pretty pretty steep pullback. It was a trade at $35, now it's at 25 This is Bank of America, everybody, global holding company, huge company, $216 billion company. They're in 35 countries. They're going to make $1.52 this year after making $2.93 last year. They're going to rebound, to rebound to 220 next year. Long term, it's going to come back. This is one of the premier banks out there. Sales in the last couple of quarters have been shrinking a little bit. Why? Because the economy is shrinking. So I think I think you're getting the low. It's a $25 stock making $2.20 next year. So it's about 11 PE, and that's kind of in the middle of the range. So. You could get a deeper pullback into the low 20s, but here you are in the mid-20s, and I think, you know, that's a decent, good area to at least start your purchasing. So please tell your friends about Invest Talk and this special Invest Talk podcast bonus show. So let's go to another caller from the state of Georgia. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Noah calling from Vidalia, Georgia. I just had a quick question about Orashore, O-S-U-R. They make test kits for HIV, and uh, they're planning to make one for the COVID-19, which is supposed to be ready in September. They just did a public offering for 8 million shares, which has caused the share price to go down quite a bit. But I was wondering your thoughts on holding on to it long term as they get ready for these test kits. Thanks, and I look forward to hearing uh, the answer on the program. Okay, this is a very small company, uh, $700 million, uh, develops proprietary oil fluid diagnostic products and specimen collection devices. When he said that they made a, uh, a, a, an offering of more shares, that means they're diluting current shareholders. That's why the stock would go down. It was high as $18, today it's 10 The $18 level was in May. It was as low as like five fifty back in March. Okay, then it spiked up because of what they do. Everybody got excited about it. Um, I wouldn't be a buyer of this stock. They're going to lose nineteen cents a share this year, four cents a share next year. There's no really reason for this stock to be as high as it is, ten dollars and twenty cents a share. Now sales have been flat to shrinking over the last year, so there's nothing into just because you're going to have a test kit coming out for. COVID-19, you know how many people, how many companies are coming out with things? What makes you think this one's going to be the one that's going to be the the, the one to work? I, I, w- I would stay away from that. I really would. This is a special Invest Talk podcast bonus show, everybody. We call the Rapid Fire Hour. 
Here comes another question from 888-99-CHART. Hey, it's Rich calling from Utah. Love the show. Wanted to know what your thoughts were on PBF Logistics. That's P-B-F-X. I'll listen to the answer on the podcast. Thanks. Okay, uh, it's, this is a master limited partnership formed to own and operate crude oil, refined petroleum products, terminals, and pipelines. It's an MLP, master limited partner. The danger with these kind of companies is that you are a partner, you're not necessarily a shareholder. And as a partner, you're going to get K1s. That means a partnership return. And therefore, there's tax consequences you not be may not be ready for. Okay, now they're going to make a dollar ninety one this year, two dollars and nine cents next year. Last year made a dollar eighty. Their sales growth is 18, 15 to twenty percent the last four quarters. So it looked pretty strong. They, uh, they so you know it's a yield of eighteen percent. I think you need to be very careful of the yield. I don't know. It's eleven dollars stock. You're going to make two dollars a share. Can they pay an 18% yield? They can, but it's taken a lot of the profits. Uh, they have a huge amount of debt. That's what I would be scared of, this huge debt they're taking on. Now, I understand they did buy a, uh, the remaining 50% share of Torrance Valley Pipeline Company, so that might be why the debt's there, but they have a huge amount of debt. I would say this is a pretty risky position, pretty risky. We're coming to the end of our rapid fire program. Let's fit in one more caller question. This time it comes from Salt Lake City. Hey guys, this is Jake from Salt Lake City. I'm calling about Markel, MKL. This question would likely be for Steve. Uh, I know you got a background in insurance. I just wanted to see what you thought about their specific insurance structure and obviously, you know, financial and what you thought about the company and uh, about a 750 uh, target for me to possibly pick them up. So love the show, and I'll listen listen to your response on the podcast. Thank you. Bye. Okay, uh, yeah, they offer specialty insurance products and programs from niche markets and also writes treaty reinsurance contracts. Okay, what's specialty insurance products? Uh, give me an example. Hole-in-one insurance. You know, there's a PGA tournament out there, if, and the, most of the time, if uh, one of the players gets a hole-in-one, they might get like a million dollars. Well, the PGA doesn't pay that. They buy insurance, and the insurance company pays it. That's a specialty line of insurance. Reinsurance, uh, we talked about that on the show uh, today, and that's where insurance company insures other insurance companies. Very common. Now, also very common is these kinds of companies are very erratic in their sales and earnings because they write insurance for insurance companies. And if there's a big catastrophe, you know, the treaty reinsurance might apply and they all one year have to pay millions of dollars in losses and the next year, none. So they have a very uh, erratic profit model. Okay. This is a $948 stock. $36.52 $36.52 next year. So that's what? 30 PE? 28 PE? Whatever. So it's not cheap. Sales, erratic. Sales shrank 86% the most recent quarter. Sales grew 148% the quarter before that. Sales shrank 9% the quarter before that. Sales grew 23% the quarter before that. So this is what I mean. These kinds of companies are very erratic. 
But, you know, it's, it's, it's a good, if you hit them right, you can make a lot of money. I'm Steve Peasley, I thank you for listening to this special Invest Talk bonus, bonus podcast, everybody. Please tell your friends about our program and our website, investtalk.com. Remember our philosophy at KPP Financial, independent thinking, shared success. You can learn more about our unbiased guidance and the variety of our investing programs at investtalk.com. That's investtalk with two T's, no space, investtalk.com. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.